Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. It's your host, Evie. I'm excited you are here today. And this show is to inspire and empower you to become the person you are meant to be and to take the first step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I'm bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. And today on the other side, I invited Mark. Mark is a purpose and life mentor, and Mark has left his career at the age of 47 and actually ended up in a lonely season of soul searching that led to a powerful season of purpose and freedom. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your journey? Well, thank you, Evie. I I would love to. I I think that people's lives can be changed with a conversation. And so hopefully our conversation will be helpful to everyone listening. You said the phrase that you want to inspire people to be who they're meant to be. That is the heart behind everything I believe about life. I think that life can be full of so much pain. Mm -hmm. But the big threat to our life is not that something bad happens, because that's what life, life has that. The biggest threat is that I will never be who I was made to be. That's the greatest threat to our lives. And I think that going back a few years in my story, I was a teacher for many years, but I felt like as a person, I was descending. I was just slowly descending. All I was living for was comfort and security and Mm -hmm. reputation. Mm -hmm. That's all I had. I'm comfortable I people think I have a good job and I'm just going to live to keep that until mm-hmm. I die. Mm-hmm. But I felt like inside I was dying. And because of the death inside of me, it ended up in me becoming someone that could not stop eating mm-hmm. physically. I I was probably at my highest about 380 pounds because I could not stop eating. But the reason I could not stop eating physically is because my soul was not eating what it wanted. Mm -hmm. You were nourishing your soul at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was was living a a life that was fine, but it's like inside of me, uh, it's like I lived in a prison cell. Mm -hmm. And inside that prison cell were cookies and potatoes yeah and all these foods but outside of the prison cell was this um this cape the simple ordinary cape labeled purpose mm-hmm. and but it was right outside the prison cell on this old concrete wall and i couldn't reach it and it's like there was a life i would there was it's like there was a man i was made to be but I couldn't get to him. Mm -hmm. And so inside that prison cell, you're frustrated. I was, I'm frustrated because I'm not living that life. And to cover the frustration, you eat more food. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you think, well, I hate being overweight. And if I get skinny enough to fit through these bars, I can go live that life, but I'm not living that life. And I hate that. So I have to eat food. And Mm -hmm. then it's just this constant cycle 
and no way out of this prison. And no way out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you just said something that I found truly inspiring because you said, I lived a life that was fine, right? And I think most of the people out there, the stories we hear, we keep on telling ourselves that it's fine, right? Like, what do you want more? You have a secure job, right? You have an okay relationship. And we settle for less, not maybe not even knowing, as you say, what's out there, out of this cell, mm. what's there for us. And um, what you said before is that you also had a little a little flame, a fire burning inside you that you knew yeah. that there is a life out there. Would you like to elaborate a little bit and tell the audience how this feels? If someone maybe just has uh. the same feeling and can't place it, because I know from my side, it's it was tearing me apart. Yes. The feeling of there is more out there, but how to get there, how to make the first step, uh, how to even convince myself mm. of the fact that this is the right path to take. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yes. Yeah, I can tell you totally how it felt in me. Um, I, I about, about two years before I left my occupation, I was at a zoo on a field trip probably a chaperone. And I came across this enclosure that was about, it was like a big living room with a tall ceiling. It wasn't that big, mm -hmm. like a really big living room, tall ceiling. In the middle of this cage, it was a dome shape that in the middle of it was this tree and the tree spread out and filled most of it. So there wasn't much space. I looked around and I couldn't see anything. And so I did what I hate to do at a zoo, which is read anything. So I had to go read the sign to find out what I'm supposed to be looking for. Mm -hmm. And it was some type of eagle. Okay. And my mind probably went the same place your mind just went to, which was, how can there be an eagle inside of an enclosure where there's not room to soar? Mm-hmm. I look up on this branch and there's the eagle. And I feel like in my mind and in my heart, I had a two-year conversation with that eagle. I was like, okay, it's comfortable. No one can hurt the eagle. The eagle and is they safe. bring it, mm -hmm. they bring it food. Mm -hmm. And it day. has a pretty good reputation. Every now and then someone stops by and the eagle can look down at some little child who's saying, Look, mom, it's an eagle. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm like, the eagle, I was living that life. Me and the eagle were living the same life. But the question that I had to ask the eagle for my own self was, what is it like to never get to use those wings? Mm -hmm. What wow. is that like? Because that was me. Like, I, my wings looked good. Like they were there. Yeah. People I admired you. Yes. Nice wings, Mark. But I never used them. Mm -hmm. I never had a reason to use them. And that was a, that, that thing inside of me just ate away at me to think that my life was made for something more 
Mm-hmm. And Birds I'm just, to fly. I am just eating more instead of living more. And I could not, I couldn't deal with that. And finally, after two years of wrestling, I was like an eagle in a nest that was trying to get the guts to jump out and see if my wings worked mm-hmm. for two years. And I was, I, I was finally, I was at a gym. I remember this moment. I'll never forget it. Someone gave me a book. I don't read a lot of books, honestly, but someone gave me a book to read. In the very first line of the book, it's not chapter one, it's the first line. It simply says this, stop living as if the goal of life is to arrive at death safely. Ooh, yeah. Stop living as if the goal of life is to arrive at death safely. Wow. And my wife was next to me on the treadmill. I handed her the book and I said, read the first line. I said, I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving the job. And the next day I told the administrator, this is my last year. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And that began this exciting adventure that was also kind of dark. Because when I left that cage, nobody was feeding me anymore. No one's protecting me. Mm-hmm. No one's stopping by to see me. I went out into the wilderness and I was like, I don't know how to live out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that was the, the next phase of my journey. Yeah. So you found yourself free, suddenly yes. free, but yeah. yet another journey began of finding who you actually are out of that cage. And yes. I would say almost how to use your wings, right? Oh. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you don't have to use them in the cage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The way the way the eagle thinks in the cage is completely different than how you have to think outside of the cage. So the change that takes place. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that when I got out of the, you know, I spent, honestly, I spent most of my life using food to numb the pain of my reality. Mm-hmm. Probably from like 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I can so relate I, to this, to this, to this numbness as I am, I had an eating disorder for about 12 years. And it started when I was 12 years old. And in that age, I couldn't tell what's wrong with me. Right. And especially I was uh, always a very sportive kid. So I've been, Uh, running a lot and I've been playing in a club I've been playing handball so it was normal to come home and eat endlessly right because you are young you need that energy you just came home from a training right but eventually as I grew up with eating disorder I realized that there is more to it and there is this numb feeling I felt all the time and I couldn't place it for a long time but there was something like I felt super disconnected from my soul. Like my body and my soul were not the same. So I was there pretending to be what could be possibly be at that moment. But I always saw someone walking next to me. It was the right person, but didn't have a voice. Mm. Mm. I was looking always at someone be like, you are meant to be this, but you are, you know, you're, there was, no connection it was pure numbness so i can truly relate for to what you are saying and may i ask you 
to get back to this book you mentioned, may I ask you of the, uh, for the title of the book, Mark? Yeah, it's called Chase the Lion. Chase the Lion, yeah. Yeah. I'll have a look into that. I just, I am a reader. I love reading. And um, whenever I get some ins uh, inspiration from, I'm happy to have a look at the it. Author, the author is Batterson. Thank with you. With Batterson. Thank you for that. And you said, what's really the book, the last trigger to take the leap and change your life? Or was there more to it? Was there something where you could say, I had enough? Or was this book enough? Yeah, well, it was two years. It was a two-year wrestling match. <laughs> it was two years of wrestling. Every day going in that classroom and teaching inside of this room. And the room was getting smaller. The ceiling was getting lower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was two years of wrestling. Um, and that that book, that one sentence was just, it's almost like the, the this situation it was like a balloon that was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and reading that one sentence was the needle that popped the balloon mm -hmm. and said I'm, I'm just gonna do it i'm just gonna do it mm -hmm. but when i left that cage no doubt it became scary i realized man i i have a whole journal of i think a hundred things i've learned since leaving that cage i realized I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I'm married. I have I have kids that are grown at the time, pretty much out of the house. I realized when I left that job, it was my security, my reputation. It was also my friendships. And now I'm like, it's just me. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Probably the first thing that happened outside of the cage was it's like there was this tapping on my shoulder. Yeah. And the tapping on the shoulder was deal with your weight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm out of this cage. Now I'm dreaming of what I want to do for people. Essentially at the core, what I want to do and we do today is helping people live their best bold life, live the life you were made to live. And that was the dream then, but I was still living in this prison of how I thought about me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm living in this prison that I really can't be that person until I lose the weight. Mm -hmm. And that became a prison I lived in. And finally, because th this was an issue in my life that I would never face. I would not talk to anyone about this problem. Nobody. It was off topics for everyone. Mm -hmm. And as I was venturing to go live this life, there was just that tapping on the shoulder, deal with your weight, deal with your weight, deal with your weight. Long story short, when I finally just stopped and like, okay, I will talk to someone about this problem and admit it. What I found was that my prop, my life's biggest problem, my life's seemingly biggest problem of food was actually a gold mine to the mm -hmm. treasure of my life. Mm -hmm. And facing the junk of it, asking myself, why did I gain the weight? It became like a treasure map. It became the treasure map to everything I was made to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what we do with a lot of people in, in our program is we help people realize the greatest adversity to your life is the setup for your life's greatest triumph. Mm-hmm. But many people try to make the adversity of their life go away without having anything to live for. And you just can't do it. That's fine. You can't climb a mountain unless there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And for many people, it's like we get so fixated on the problems of our life. We get so fixated on the past in our life. We just never know the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible, it's impossible to to live boldly without knowing our purpose. And we think the only goal every day is to wake up and fix ourselves. <laughs> I love it's, that. It, yeah. It's very frustrating. It and is, so that's yeah. a, a lot of our work is, is helping people. If you can imagine a person who's kind of coming into the hospital and they're, they've stopped breathing and you put the, they put a de- defibrillator paddles to the chest mm-hmm. and like, just bring them back to life. That's what people need. Yeah, People don't need their problems all fixed. They don't need to perfect anything. They don't need to solve their past. They need to be re- revived to live yes. and really live. Yeah, absolutely. So, so facing my issue with food boldly, it became the treasure map to everything. Mm-hmm. So it starts with acceptance, accepting who you are in, the, in this moment, confessing to others and especially to yourself. This is who I am. This is my problem right now. But how to move on from here, right? Um, the biggest, I, I think the biggest lie I believed was that I had to fix myself before I could be myself. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the ultimate prison. And yeah. that's why the work that we do with people, it's called the purpose mastermind, not the problem mastermind. Mm-hmm. Not the get rid of my past mastermind. Mm-hmm. It feels like that should be the pathway. Yes, fix me so I can be me. Well, it can't happen. I get that, yeah. And I so think with, the, with this acceptance that life is not picture perfect. There is nothing perfect in life. That part of life is what is happening in life. And I believe that if we are aware of that and accept that, that we belong as a part of this whole system and we belong into this system and this whole world just the way we are with all our with all the flaws, with all yep. our issues and problems that come our way, no matter if we cause them ourselves or if they are just being thrown at us because this is life. And yep. what I love so much, I, I read it somewhere on your page or I heard you saying that we are stuck in the past and our future is held hostage while we try to unwind. Yeah. And how is keeping the focus on the problem holding us back? Would you like to Mm. elaborate a little bit on that? 
the problem is not the problem. Uh, I would draw a picture. If we were in person, I would draw this picture of a person. Imagine a person who has this big box that almost bigger than they can carry. It's a big box. It's about two feet wide and about two feet tall, pretty big. And that box is their problem. Uh-huh. Now, when you have a problem, human instinct is to think about it. And the more we think about it, it grows. Uh-huh. Now that box is an inch bigger. And then I try to fix it more. But I'm the person who made the problem. With my thinking, I just make the problem worse. Now, imagine in that picture, that person is living in an invisible prison cell. And there's these prison bars around it. Mm -hmm. Every time the person tries to say, okay, I'm going to get rid of this problem. And they pick up that box and they they push it out to get rid of it. And they can't. I'm like, why can't I get rid of this? Well, they're hitting the prison bars that Mm -hmm. they can't see. Mm Mm-hmm. And so two months later, I'm, I'm going to try again to get rid of this problem. And they push it out and they hit those bars again. Mm-hmm. The bars represent how we think about our problem. Our problem isn't the problem. It's how the problem has changed our thinking. People don't need to get rid of the problem. People need to change their thinking. Because when that happens... The person can walk out of that prison cell and begin to walk away from the problem. This is why purpose is such an important component. Because if we don't have something, if we don't have something that moves us, because purpose moves people. Like Mm -hmm. I have a purpose, I'm moving. If I don't have something that moves me, I just stay in the prison cell of my problems in my past. Mm-hmm. And so when I work with people, one of the, fir- the first things we, we tell them is we're not going to talk about your problem. And we let them over the course of time. Mm-hmm. It is important to, don't get me wrong. It is wrong to vomit out all this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But we're not going to study the vomit. We're going to study your purpose. It is important to say the stuff. Very important. But only... Only while we're on the journey of freedom and purpose. Oftentimes therapy takes place inside of a prison cell. It's like someone comes to the prison cell, says, okay, how'd you do with your problem this week? Well, why don't you try this tip this week? You're drinking too much? Okay, well, when you think about drinking, I want you to think about this instead. See if that works. I'll see you next week. Next week, we come back to that person in prison. Well, how did you do? Well, I did okay until Tuesday, and I had this thought, and I saw something, and it made me think of drinking, and so I drank, and then the last three days were bad. Mm -hmm. And we can just keep talking. We can talk about the problem for years, and it seems helpful. The only problem is that that person is living in a prison. Mm Mm-hmm. The person needs to be guided out of that prison cell. Because until you're out of that prison cell, the human being is incapable of acting different. I don't care how hard they are. It doesn't matter how hard they try. This is powerful. 
so I, I was that I was that person. I was living in a prison cell, and my cellmate was a dealer of little W oatmeal cream pies. Mm-hmm. Like, and so he was like, he watched me read my books on how to cha- fix myself, and I would get frustrated and throw the book down, and he would say, "Hey, I got a cookie for you." I would say, yeah. "Thank you." Yeah, may I have that another? It's fine, right? It's fine. Yes, thank you this- for the cookie. It's okay. Yes, as yeah. long as I have cookies, as yeah. long as I have cookies, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Thank you so much for these insights, Mark. I think it's a very powerful story you are sharing. It's um, incredibly inspiring. And I hope that as many people as possible out there can listen to this and to pick up one or the other nugget and consider actually finding their purpose and this leads me to my i have two more questions for you mark but before i ask you Mm -hmm. these two questions i would like to ask another one which is oh go ahead yeah because if people you know like i i believe i found my purpose in life you found your purpose in life but if you would have told me this 10 years ago i would be like oh come on not everybody has a purpose right because Mm -hmm. if you are focused on that problem or if you are in a miserable situation it's even hard to believe that there is something out there for you. Can you give like a small little advice how to get out of this trap of thinking? If a person does not know their purpose, they will focus on their problems. Mm -hmm. They will focus on their past. And the only choice is going to be to find some kind of cheap pleasures to survive the day. Yeah. So you have purpose, or you're going to have the pain of your past, your problems, and you're going to chase pleasures. Uh, knowing your purpose, I would simply, I would, I would say this. Let me. I'll tell this story quickly. I met at a restaurant one time with a young man. He asked me to meet with his little brother. His little brother was 15 years old at the time, and he had really made a big mistake. The 15-year-old had made a mistake big enough that the court had ordered that he had to be taken out of his home and live in a boy's home. Mm -hmm. Not quite, not prison, but he had to live in a boy's home where he's being uh, closely monitored. And he was able to come home and visit for a week. And so his brother asked me to meet with him. We met at this restaurant. And... He looked around the restaurant for a minute, and as if he was looking at the whole world, he was thinking, you could tell he was thinking. And he looked at me and he said, how can someone know? And I said, how can someone know what, Chucky? His name was Chucky. He said, their purpose. How can Mm -hmm. someone know? I said, Chucky, if you look in the wrong place, you'll never find it. If you look in the right place, it's easy. And I said, Chucky, let me tell you a story. There was a great philosopher named Kermit the Frog. Mm -hmm. Kermit the Frog once sang a song in a movie. And the the first line of the song is, why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Mm -hmm. I said, Chucky, I know why there's so many songs about rainbows. It's because everyone's looking for this magical thing outside of them that will lead to some pot of gold that proves that their life 
mattered. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for that thing outside of them. Said so Chucky, the greatness, the magic, the purpose is not outside of us. It's something inside of us that we give. Mm-hmm. I said, Chucky, I, I'm, I, I pulled my phone out and I played the song for him, Rainbow Connection, which is the song I alluded to. I said, Chucky, I bet before this song is over, you can know your purpose. And I pushed play and I put the phone in front of him. And he sat there listening. And I talked to his brother. And I looked over and I still have this booklet, one of my coaching booklets I had. Where in the back of the booklet, there's an empty blank. It says, my purpose is, and there's an empty blank. Mm-hmm. And about two minutes into that song, he reached over and he grabbed that booklet I had out. And he grabbed my pen and he wrote his purpose in the back of that booklet. And it chills me to this day and I still have it. I'll never lose that booklet. Because in that booklet is in his simple handwriting. He wrote this most beautiful purpose that speaks of how his life can make a difference in this world. Wow. So purpose, the simplest thing I would say is don't look for purpose outside of you. Look for the magical purpose inside of you. Mm -hmm. It's not out there. It's in here. Yeah. It's in you. All we need to create our lives. We can't stop thinking about is within us. Yes. Yeah. 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 Stop looking for something magical outside of you when there's something so special inside of you to give to the world. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for the world to make your life special. Your life goal is to make the world more special. And we all have it in us. And I would say this, the more trouble someone has faced, the greater the goal of their purpose is. The more trouble someone has caused, the greater the gift they have to give. The more trauma someone has faced, the greater the gold of their purpose is within inside of them. And the good news is they don't have to unwind all the trauma to become that person. Mm-hmm. They don't. So that's what I would say. Thank you so much, Mark. This is incredible. This is incredibly inspiring. I love listening to your stories. I, You have a lot of stories to share, and I hope to hear more from you of those in the future. And before we bring this to the end, this com- lovely conversation, I have one question for you. What do people misunderstand the most about you? They misunderstand what freedom feels like. Mm-hmm. We live in a world where everyone's like living in little hiding places and I live very free. Mm -hmm. And so there are some people that are like, Oh, that guy, like he's too much. (laughs) No, I'm just free. He's too loud. I'm just free. Yeah. I, I, I don't, um, I'm just living free. Mm -hmm. Um, I got nothing to hide and everything to give, but sometimes I'm surrounded by people that have a lot to hide. And mm-hmm. because of that they can't give. Yeah. And so I'm just a guy, I'm an eagle that's flying through the wilderness, trying to just proclaim a message to people that you can be free, you can know your purpose. Let's go. And Great. so I can come across almost scary to people, 
that are hiding their life instead of living their life. So that's one way I can be misunderstood by people. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. I believe that um, the people who are meant to find you will find you because we are also not here to serve everyone and to please anyone on this planet. So I think showing up in in your most authentic self will just simply attract the people who are meant to be in your life. And I strongly believe in that. And speaking of coming into someone's life, uh, meeting and connecting, Mark, where can people find you? People can go to my website, markdelaney.com. You can also go to purposemastermind.com. We have facilitators around the country who do what we do. And so there's uh, my wife and I started this, but we're training other people to do what we do. Mm-hmm. So you can go to there. We have a podcast called the Purpose Mastermind Podcast. Um, but I, honestly, I want to give something to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have we developed a video course called How to Change. And this is a 10 day journey on how to change that is actually I think the first video tells you your goal is not to change. (laughs) So we're not focusing on the problem. And so the journey is 10 days. There's lots of pictures. There's lots of stories. And there's these practical action steps. Honestly, much of it is the journey of my life. It's probably the journey of your life Mm -hmm. because humans are humans. And so I want to, I want to give that course. The coupon code is going to be your name, Evie. I-V-Y. That's going to be the coupon code. So you can put it in the, in the, in the, the notes to the episode. Um, there's no strings attached to this. Like I, I just want people to be helped. No one ever needs to meet me or work with me, but this thing that we have, I want people to have it. And so, um, we can put that in the, in the notes. Thank you so much. I appreciate this so much. And Everything you just said, if someone didn't have a paper and a pen right there, I will put everything in the show notes. So there will be links to click. There will be the link to the video course you just mentioned. Thank you so much for your time, Mark, for this little gift you gave us, for your story you have shared with us. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript, editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky parts of reel and video editing and adds value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edit.